You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU Podcast, where we thank you for making us your first listen every day. We will uh, get into LSU's loss at Kentucky, 42-21. to But if we're being honest with ourselves, that game in and of itself is not exactly the story, the nuance of what happened in Lexington. The story is the future of LSU football, both immediate and long-term. And I'm not sure I have many great answers for you as of right now, but I will go through what, I'm, what I know and what I'm comfortable saying sandwiched around some commentary with this game. So if you were here with us last week, um, I did express that thought there was a very real possibility if LSU lost to Kentucky on Saturday, looked bad, that Scott Woodward may make a change and move on from Ed Ogeron. Now, I did pick LSU to win this game. I thought Kentucky minus nine turnover margin, close call against Florida, maybe a look-ahead spot to Georgia. LSU turns a couple of turnovers into short field scores and manages to steal a close one. That obviously didn't happen. Kentucky pummeled LSU from the opening whistle, 42-21. to uh, It was never really a game, 14-0 at half, um, and then three consecutive touchdown possessions for Kentucky in the second half, and it was all she wrote. But let's go back into, into last week. It was expressed to me on Monday that Scott Woodward was not interested in making a change during the season that, and you could look at his history when he was at the University of Washington. He had Tyrone Willingham, who had no in 12 season, did not replace him. Had uh, Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M, let him finish the season before making the change. And that was the method and the, the probability for this season as well. But as the week went along, the heat around the program got ratcheted up. Uh, Ed Ogeron left his Monday press conference after just nine meeting uh, nine minutes. Uh, there was the um, the off-color remark he made to a caller, a prank caller, who was not right, correct, by the way, um, but the, the remark he made during the coaches show. There were a few other occurrences during the week internally at, at football ops, and the noise got loud. There was a column by Pete Thamel about making a change, and a lot of the national media started to ratchet up that conversation. And it felt by midweek, by Thursday, like if LSU didn't have a strong showing against Kentucky, that there was enough momentum that Scott Woodward might, in fact, make a change. Well, this was the LSU Board of Supervisors trip. And for those that don't know, once a year, the entire LSU Board of Supervisors makes a trip to a road game. And on the Friday night before the game, they have a board dinner and they all go to the game together. Well, this was that trip. It was pre-planned, but this was that trip. And they had their board dinner on Friday and nothing significant came out of that, obviously. And the game transpired and we saw how it went. And at halftime of the game, I texted with a few people who I would certainly consider to be very much in the know. And it was expressed to me that the change was not going to happen, even amid the game going the way it did. So something uh, transpired. But the other thing that's happened clearly is Scott Woodward is balancing a lot of different factors here. And I think one thing to consider 
is there's a lot of things to consider. When you make a move uh, at, at head coach, which at this point we all agree feels inevitable. Like next year, LSU will have a new football coach. We all agree. And so the very obvious point would be, well, if you know that's going to happen, why not just make the change now? Well, I also think that there's something to be said for being for being tactful and thoughtful about all of the possible scenarios that could unfold. But this does go both ways. Here's what I mean. If you fire Ed Ogeron now, what if Ed Ogeron decides to create a stink about it, to publicly tee off, maybe on the program, on bosses, on whatever the case may be? It's certainly a possibility. You could have a live wire type effect. And there are variables that you just don't know how they may turn out. The flip side of that is, because now everyone is having this very obvious conversation about the future of the program and understanding that Ed Ogeron is not going to be back, there is, listen, there is a a likelihood that every time Ed Ogeron or any of his players have media availability, they're going to be asked about the coach's future. This happened back in 2015 when Joe Oliva leaked to Scott Rabelais that Les Miles was coaching for his job, and Scott wrote that column. From that point on, for the remaining month of the season, every time Les Miles did an interview, he was asked about his job security. Same thing for the players. And it became a month long of of a coach dangling in the wind and a program filled with uncertainty and a lot of conversation. Well, that's because Joe Oliva wasn't tactful and didn't consider what may come of something like that. Scott Woodward, I have no doubt, will consider all of those variables, so he's not going to do something impulsive. He's going to make the best decision at the right time based on what the short and long-term ramifications will be. I will give you my opinion on what should happen, and we'll talk about all of those scenarios coming up here in just a quick second because I believe there is an obvious answer that needs to happen. Let me remind you about prize picks. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy made easy. Prize picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy with more college football props than anyone. It offers basically any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. If you are looking into prize picks, go to the website, prizepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on, one word locked on, to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks also allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on LeBron and the under on Mahomes in the same entry. It's Prize Picks. You can do it in 60 seconds or less. PrizePicks.com. PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code locked on at PrizePicks.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As promised, uh, we'll get to what I think about the future of LSU short and long term here in just a quick second. I will tell you everything I know. The game itself, uh, let's talk about on the field stuff just for a, a brief moment if we could. The game itself was obviously terrible. Uh, LSU, I, I thought 
had a great opportunity maybe to gain some momentum early. The exact opposite happened. Max Johnson was sacked, fumbled. Kentucky gets the ball. They score. It's 7 to nothing, and LSU just never really got up off the mat. There was a very stark contrast when you know you look at the scoring plays and the fourth downs in the first quarter. You know, Kentucky scored a touchdown on a fourth down play on its first possession where they went for it on fourth and goal from the LSU three, and Will Levis threw the touchdown pass to Chris Rodriguez. They had a play. They were decisive. They caught LSU flat-footed because they quick-snapped. That was a brilliant execution by a team with a plan. LSU gets the ball. They attempt to go for it on a fourth down and have to burn a timeout because they were not prepared. The exact things that we spent a week wailing about came back to bite LSU literally in the first quarter of its very next game. When you look at the stat sheet, it's something that just illustrates the exact problem LSU has. Uh, Kentucky outgained LSU. They put up 475 yards. Kentucky ran it for 330 yards in the game. When the University of Kentucky is running for 330 yards against LSU, it is it, it will never be acceptable. This team uh, has stopped playing hard for its coaches. They've stopped believing in the plan. That much is evident. And I don't believe the coaches have much of a plan, as evidenced by Jake Peets' inability as a play caller and Durante Jones' inability as a defensive uh, schematic mind. They're both early in their career. It also doesn't help that Max Johnson probably played his worst game as a Tiger. And I don't put the loss squarely on Max Johnson. Please don't misunderstand. But LSU had opportunities when Kentucky was leading 7-0 on the ensuing drive. LSU ran two plays at a first down, and then on first down took a deep shot. Trey Palmer was open, and Max Johnson underthrew the ball. On that same sequence on the third down, he had Jack Besh open the middle, overthrew him. There were just too many of those moments where, even on the sack, you know, Max Johnson, ball's got to come out quicker, the sack fumble. So, listen, Max Johnson is far from a finished product, but he's also not the problem with LSU. Flip side, LSU actually did get its running game going a little bit. Ty Davis-Price ran it 22 times for 147 yards and two touchdowns. That does sort of illustrate your issue when you're starting running back. Didn't score his first touchdown of the season until game six. Unfortunate, but that's the way it played out uh, for Ty Davis-Price. And Kentucky is a team that has been very good at limiting the big play. They've only allowed five plays all season coming into this game of 20 yards or more. They were willing to give LSU underneath stuff. They were willing to give up rush lanes for six, eight-yard runs. They were not going to let LSU, which is a team that has lived by the big play, they were just not going to give up the big play. So there was room for Ty Davis-Price to run, and he did, but the contrast is that this is the one game where you needed to be throwing the football to play catch-up, and LSU just didn't do it well on this day. So uh, if you want some other positives, I thought Avery Atkins punted the ball well. I think Damone Clark continues to play well at linebacker. There just aren't a whole bunch. We saw Jack Mashburn, the walk-on tight end, play some fullback, H-back, which is uh, an interesting alignment, which we hadn't seen yet until this point. The other massive disappointment of Saturday is that Kayshawn Butte was injured. We should get an update today uh, from Ed Ogeron. Looked early like like a fracture, maybe an ankle fracture is some of the early word, but we'll get that finalized. But if that's the case, then Kayshawn Butte, his uh, sensational sophomore season, will be done as LSU uh, figures out how to make it through and play out the rest of the string to see what they can make of this season, which is where I want to finish with, and we'll get to here in just a moment, 
What do they do short and long term? I'll get into that when we return. We are brought to you by Built Bar. Limited time flavor is Cookie Dough Chunk. Y'all check it out if you haven't yet. Incredible. Cookie Dough Chunk, by the way, is my new favorite Built Bar. There are nine delicious flavors and occasional limited time flavors like Cookie Dough Chunk. Order yours today at BuiltBar.com. There's something for everyone. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com and try it for yourself. BuiltBar.com. Use the code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Once again, thank you for making us your first listen here at Locked On LSU. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast. We do appreciate that greatly. Rate us, leave a review on iTunes. All of that helps, and we appreciate all of you for being here with us, Locked On LSU. So what does LSU do? Shared this with you last week, and my understanding is that if they do make a change, uh, Mickey Joseph will be the interim head coach. I also believe that the lack of an obvious choice for an interim head coach is part of the reason that this decision hasn't been made yet. LSU is going to play Florida this week, and we'll certainly continue to preview that game, but it's going to be an 11 a.m. game uh, on ESPN. It is largely going to lack any type of juice or atmosphere, and Florida is likely going to come into Baton Rouge and beat LSU badly. Florida has a very strong running attack, and LSU, as we've seen, uh, really struggled against Kentucky and UCLA and strong running teams. So, I don't anticipate LSU is going to have success in this ballgame. Now, will Scott Woodward make a change? There is certainly the possibility that he could do it with another loss to Florida. There's certainly the possibility, some have suggested, that you could wait until the open date. LSU's got Florida, a road trip to Ole Miss, then the open date before playing Alabama. Would you really want an interim head coach to have their first game be on the road in Tuscaloosa? Probably not but that may be a scenario that unfolds as well. What's very hard for me to imagine is that with six games remaining over seven weeks, with all of the attention and conversation that's going to continue to be ramped up around this program, it's very hard for me to imagine Scott Woodward making the decision to retain Ed Ogeron for the duration of this season. It feels like things have gotten toxic and will only get worse. So I do expect at some point before the end of this season that they'll move on from Ed Ogeron and will promote Mickey Joseph to interim head coach. I will also tell you, and I don't mind saying this because we're at a point now where we feel like there is an inevitability as far as a coaching change. After the UCLA game, I was given two names. So please understand, this is more than a month ago, and Scott Woodward had already been doing his due diligence. Scott's not a guy that's ever going to get caught flat-footed. I've told you that before, and now you're seeing it. I'll just give you the example of when LSU hired Kim Mulkey. There was some reports about Nikki Fargus taking a job with the WNBA, but nothing out of LSU. Only when they had the Mulkey deal done did they issue a release saying Nikki Fargus was taking a job in the WNBA, and the next day they announced Kim Mulkey. And that means Scott had to vet it, gauge her interest, work out terms, get boosters to agree to pay the contract, agree to the facility upgrades, everything that Kim Mulkey wanted, and then announce it. And all of that was done without any conversation around it. 
because Scott Woodward knows how to manage these situations. And I'll assure you that that's been happening since the summer, the preparation for the possibility of what's happening right now. So after UCLA, it was shared with me at Ogeron's buyout terms. It's a hair under $17 million. For the entire staff, it would go north of 20. LSU has been fundraising, and as I understand it, has the money. There's also a possibility that LSU could fire Ed Ogeron for cause, but if that happens, three scenarios could unfold. Number one, you fire him for cause and pay him nothing. Number two, you fire him for cause, and to avoid a legal action, you negotiate a lesser buyout. And number three, you fire him for cause, Ed Ogeron fights it, wants to go to court, and so to avoid that, LSU pays the full buyout. One of those three scenarios would likely unfold. As far as the rest of the staff, all of them are signed to two-year contracts, so you would have the full amount of their deal for next year um, mitigated by any salary they would make at another job. So it, that number, the final number would vary, but it would be north of $20 million if LSU paid out the entirety. Also, after the UCLA game, I was given two names initially. One was Lane Kiffin. Two is Bill O'Brien. A lot of people may roll their eyes. Remember, Scott Woodward, very good friends with Jimmy Sexton, and Sexton clients are certainly going to be mentioned. Some may roll their eyes at Bill O'Brien, but it makes sense. Coach under Bill Belichick, now coaching under Nick Saban, was a head coach at Penn State where he inherited an awful situation after Joe Paterno and did well. And with the Houston Texans, he was actually a good football coach. He was just a terrible GM. So Bill O'Brien's style, which is more Belichick-Saban, may work better at the college level, and he's probably ready for another opportunity. I don't know if he'll get the, get the, the job. The other two that I've mentioned are Luke Fickle and James Franklin, and I think those two need to be considered. Fickle, of course, is the Cincinnati head coach. He's a Midwesterner. Would he want to come to the SEC? Some may mention that his former AD at Cincinnati, Mike Bone, is now the AD at USC. That is absolutely true. My understanding that maybe Fickle and Bone didn't have the greatest working relationship, and also Fickle, who has six kids, including two sets of twins, may not want to move to the West Coast. And then there's James Franklin, who, of course, has SEC experience, having been Vanderbilt's head coach. He's currently the head coach at Penn State. He's making about $5.5 million a year. That would certainly be attainable for LSU if they went that route. A lot of people have thrown out a lot of other names, and I don't blame you. It's one of the parts of a coaching carousel and a search where you throw out names and hypotheticals. I'm just sharing with you things that have been told to me by people I consider in the know. That's what I'm expressing with you here. And as this conversation continues, which it will continue, we'll continue talking about it here, Locked on LSU. Please subscribe if you've not done so yet. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day.